Hey, thanks for joining us. You're listening to Living Fountains with Pastor Jim Stewart of Calvary Chapel, Kansas City. Today, we're in the New Testament in the book of John. If you're in a place to grab your Bible and follow along with us, we invite you to do so. And if you'd like more information on Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, you can visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. Now, let's join Pastor Jim for today's study. Well, let's get into our Bible study this morning in uh, John's Gospel, chapter 9. I know we kind of hit this a while back, this first portion, the first 12 verses or so, is what we had covered in a recent study. But uh, this morning, brief overview, and then we'll pick it up from about verse 13, and we'll carry on to the end of the chapter. We'll kind of just go through it and uh, piece by piece and kind of look at it a little bit and uh, move through it. It it should be... uh, not extensively tedious. It's got a storyline to it, so it's got a great flow. So it's not like uh, going through Leviticus was for us. We actually had a good time in Leviticus, actually. It really went much better than it sometimes can go. Uh, That can be uh, an interesting portion of Scripture. But uh, this is just a great area. This is about a a guy that's born blind. And Jesus, he interacts with Jesus. Jesus touches and heals him. He doesn't really... He doesn't know exactly what all's happened other than the fact that he was blind and now he sees. And it's definitely got the correlation to you and to me as followers of Jesus Christ how we were once blind, but now we see. It's no different than growing up even in, in going to church your whole life, thinking that you, you, you kind of get what's going on, but then realizing one day you meet Jesus Christ and you realize, oh, so that's what all those hymns were about. That's what that, you know, reading those Bible verses were about. That, oh, the light just comes on and that's what happened. The light came on, and on a lot of different ways. For this guy, literally, the lights came on in his mind's eye. He's able to see now, and then he's able to have this interaction with the person of Jesus Christ, which is obviously the central focus. All of chapter 9 is dealing with that man, the healing, and the interaction. One of the things that I find that seems to be consistent as we've been going through the Gospels, in particular with with John, there seems to be these contrasts that he keeps throwing out there. He keeps putting these contrasts in front of us. And the contrasts seem to be the person of Jesus Christ and his compassion, and his love, and his care, his forgiveness, his grace, his mercy, the compassion of the person of Jesus Christ in comparison to the religious, those who are religious. Now remember, we've talked clearly to define, because we have to have an understanding, a basis to understand what is the difference between religion. We are saturated with religion, all around the world, but in particular here, right where the buckle kind of connects together here in the Bible Belt area, part of the, the, the country, man, no doubt religion is very predominant. So when we talk about religion, what are we talking about? When someone says to you, well, hey, I'm glad you got religion and that's working for you, I clearly make it very, it's very important to me to make it clear, no thank you, I never got religion, you've misunderstood what I've embraced. Because religion seeks to establish its own righteousness, its own right standing before a God of sorts through means of our efforts, our own works to make ourselves right with with a God, whatever that might be. Whether it's God, the living God, or any other thing. It's man's efforts 
our individual efforts to try and make ourselves right before God. That's religion. Man trying to get to God. That's religion of any sort. The difference between Christianity and religion is we understand that God reached down in the person of his son, Jesus Christ, to meet you where you're at. And that's, that's completely different than any other religion on the face of the earth. It is God meeting you, meeting me, meeting us right where we're at. That's Christianity. God doing for you and for me what we could never, ever do for ourselves. And that was he imparted forgiveness to you and to me. He pardoned us, forgave us of all of our sin as we open our lives and ask God to come into our lives in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. He comes into our hearts, into our lives. He makes your heart, my heart, his home, and he lives there. He washes and cleanses our hearts, our minds of all sin and all unrighteousness. Now we have a right standing before God and in our relationship to God through his son. Jesus said, He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him. Simply explained, I just did. <laughs> that, that's the explanation of that, that verse. There's a stark difference re between religion and a true relationship, Christianity. And I think it's so important for you and I to have that just cemented in our hearts and our minds because we're so surrounded globally with all kinds of religions and the thing is, is we either fully believe that what God has said and who Jesus has represented himself to be or not. And, and, I, and I know there's plenty of groups and plenty of religions out there that say, well, you know, whatever works for you and, you know, all these different avenues. And no, that's not true. Jesus is the only way. That's what he says. I agree with it. And I'm not ashamed of that. This is what drove Paul the Apostle all over the known world. This is why he was willing to, you know, be shipwrecked and suffer all the, you know, being rocks thrown at him, being left for dead. This is why he would go and stand before these foreign gods, these temples of these foreign gods, and he would stand there and say, this is futile. Can you imagine the hatred that was, that was generated toward him when he would stand up and say, this is, this is, this, these are not gods. They're just wood and stone. Can you imagine the people's anger? This is the, their whole community centered around this little temple. He says, no, this is nothing. That's the same God that we serve that he was representing and I think it's important for us to embrace this and know that Jesus constantly, as we go through as John records, he's constantly showing this contrast between who he is and those who are religious. So let's get into our text. Chapter 9. He's born blind. He's healed. We pick it up. Let's see. Hmm, let's pick it up in verse 7. Jesus tells him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. So he's been touched. You know, remember Jesus spat on the ground and made some kind of a little bit of a clay and then put it in uh, on his eyes, a big source of irritation now. This guy's pretty, probably pretty eager. Uh, of course, now he's blind, remember, and the effort that's got to be made to go find some place to go tells him to go walk a quarter of a mile or whatever down the road go, and go wash. Sometimes the things that are irritating to you and me might be a great benefit to us. 
Sometimes the things that irritate you and I are, are a good thing because they get us into that place of getting at the foot of the cross and getting washed. Asking the Lord to wash and cleanse. This guy goes down, does exactly what the Lord tells him to do. Therefore, then now this gets into this introduction, into this area of the interaction that starts to take place. Therefore, the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, is not this he who sat and begged? You see, it was one thing for someone who has had sight and then was blind and then received their sight again. It is quite another for someone who was born blind, never had any sight, and now sees. That miracle had never been, that no one had ever heard or seen, or anything like this. Because God, in the form of his son Jesus Christ, did the super miraculous in touching him. He really created sight for that individual. So it was a, a, a deliberate act that was very different than other types of healings. It was really something that was not restorative, right, but was creative. And only God can do that kind of thing. That, that's what makes this so powerful. That's what makes what happened to you and to me so powerful. No one else can forgive sin but the person of Jesus Christ. No one. Only Jesus Christ can impart that to you and to me. And the miracle of the transaction that take, took place. And you can say, Pastor, you're just talking about such simple, basic things. I know. It's because we need to be assured in our day, in our age, in the time in which we live, when Christianity is plummeted consistently. And people just don't take any regard to any of what God has done. Through his son, Jesus Christ, we want to stand firm on something was imparted to us, something special, a supernatural, miraculous thing took place, a transaction in your heart, in my heart, in the realm of the spirit to give you and me life and that life everlasting. That's a powerful truth, a great thing to embrace, to know, to walk in, to be encouraged by. Isn't this the guy that was sitting around begging? He was blind and then some said, this is he, and others said, yeah, he's like him. And he said, no, it's me. He made it go, no, no, that was me. Now, I want us to grab a hold of who this, just grab a hold of this guy for a little while. This guy's been blind, never seen. Can you imagine what that would be like? You know what the colors look like? You know what, just, just light and, and So that's the guy. I know his voice, and that's what he looks like. He was the guy who used to pitch me a nickel every once in a while when he walked by. Kind of a cheapskate, but it was cool. At least he pitched me a nickel, you know? But that's his voice, and that's what he looks like. I can identify him by, through his voice, but now I know what he looks like. Just get into the, the, the kind of things that are happening to this individual. Blind, and now he sees never ever ever lose the enthusiasm of the fact that you are blind and now you see this is what satan is constantly trying to pull us apart get us focused on a million other things that don't matter but what matters is we were blind and now we see spiritually speaking i never want to grow tired of being excited about that fact that i was dead in my trespasses and sin that I am a sinner, but now saved by God's grace. I was on a path of self-destruction and now put on a path to everlasting life. That's the power and the joy and the excitement. He says, no, it's me. I was the guy that was blind. I was the beggar. It was me. 
Therefore they said to him, and we will note all the way through this in this chapter, they said to him, how were your eyes opened? How did this take place? And it's not for you and for me to be consumed with the how, but that's the human condition, isn't it? How did this take place? But it's really who did this? That's really what what this is about. Who? But they're caught up with how. All the stuff that goes on with religion is all about how. How you wash your hands just the right way. How you do this thing at this time and that thing at that time and do this just right and do that just right. How, how, how you do everything. Because it's all about the efforts of men. But you see, it's really about the who and the contrast starts. This contrast starts to set up for us. How were your eyes open? He answered and said, a man called Jesus made clay. Doesn't know anymore. Remember, he's blind when this process took place, right? We talked about this in our last study. A man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and I received sight. Then they said to him, where is he? He said, I don't know. And that was a little bit of a bummer, wasn't it? Because the reality is, it's just like us. Sometimes we can lose sight of who it is that really touched and ministered to us in our deepest need. And we never want to lose sight of that. But Jesus, let's go on. But Jesus, they brought him who formerly was blind to the Pharisees. Okay, we got to get this into the religious authorities. Let's get this to those guys. Now, it was the Sabbath when Jesus made clay and opened his eyes. Oh, no, not that. (laughs) You, You see, but this is the mindset, isn't it? This is the, let you stay with me. This is the religious mindset. Now we read this and it's like, wow, you gotta be kidding me. Does it really matter what day, anything? I mean, you know. But man, they're bent on the just, the how, remember? That was on the Sabbath when Jesus had made clay and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also asked him again how he had received his sight. Again, they just wanna know how. And he said to them, He put clay on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. It's not that complicated. (laughs) How did you get fixed on this whole drug addiction? How did you get healed from the alcohol? How did you get healed from all of the pornography? How did you get healed from all the sin? How did you get that staining out of your mind and your heart? How did that happen? No, it's not how. I can tell you, I have no idea how it all happens. I just know it happens. When we trust Jesus, when we give our lives to Jesus, it happens. Well, you know, maybe that works for some. No, 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 no. That'll work for anybody. God is no respecter of persons. God can touch your life, my life, anybody's life. He can make us whole as we yield ourselves to him. And you may say, well, man, I've been on a long journey of God just touching and ministering and trying to make me right, and I've seemed like I've just got start. I've been at this for years and years and years, and I feel like I've got so much more ground to cover. Well, that's okay. You're on the trail, aren't you? Just stay on the trail. It's, it, God's doing that work in your life, and just enjoy what God is doing. It's not all about the how. It's about whom has done the work in our lives. 
He proclaimed my eyes, I watch, and I see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? Ooh, that's a good question. Is Jesus a sinner? See, this is, this is, this is a good question. How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there is, was division among them. They said to the blind man again, Now, this is a blind beggar. And he's the one that's brought in to give defense. I love this. He's the one that's brought in to give defense about who the person of Jesus is. How many books do you think he's read? <laughs> exactly. We just take so much for granted out of the scripture, don't we? I'm telling you, we got to get in this guy's head a little bit and see what's going on. This guy's never read anything. He can't read anything. Well, unless God's divinely healed him and he's able to read now. But other than that, he's just going to give a defense for something of all that he knows is, I was blind, or in some most of our case, I was all messed up, and God came in and fixed it, touched me. Now, he said, well, I, that just doesn't make any sense. The religious say that it doesn't make any sense. Okay. When you've been blind and now you see, do you really care what anybody else thinks, honestly? I don't think you care. You don't care what the religious groups think? What did they do for you? Pitch you a nickel once in a while maybe when you, they walked past you. I don't know what they did or what they didn't do. They didn't heal him, though. Jesus healed him. You remember his first statement in verse 11 was, a man this guy, this man came called Jesus. Now it says, they said to the blind man again, what do you say about him because he opened your eyes? They wanted, they're starting to get into his head. Hey, well, so you know, what do you think about this guy now? He said, he's a prophet. Okay, so that's kind of good. We're progressing a little bit, aren't we? He started out as just a man, and now he's a prophet. He's being recognized as, as something other than just some regular guy. I think this guy, think about it. this is over just a period of a, a little bit of time. This is all the same day. This might only be within the first hour. All these things, all this questioning, and he's trying to just defend himself in a sense, and what's there to defend? I was blind. This guy, Jesus, told me to go. He put mud in my eyes. It was a little bit of an irritant. I went down. He told me to go wash. I washed, and now I see. Well, you see, theologically, really, what happened was, you know, I mean, he doesn't have any basis for anything other than, I was blind, I see. If we could keep our Christianity where it really belongs is, I was blind, and now I see, and just grow in that, man, what a powerful force to be reckoned with. As night after night, day after day, in our city, Around us here in the metropolitan area of Kansas City, we watch death after death from gang violence and all kinds of other things. Night after night, this transpires. People killing each other. This is horrible. And the hope is in Jesus Christ. It's not in building more prisons. We're not talking about reforming people, are we? We're talking about transformation. Changed heart, changed life. 
Verse 18, but the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight. This is some kind of hoax. Think about where are you at when someone comes to you and says, God changed my life radically. Oh, yeah, well, let me see, you know. You want to start getting in the spiritual thermometer and kind of checking them out, making sure they're just where you think they should be or what? Hey, just love on them. Accept it. Great. Praise the Lord. Let God just reveal who he is in their lives and let them grow. What an exciting thing. Oh, my. Jews not, did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they had called the parents of him who had received his sight. And they asked them. They bring the parents in now. Is this your son? Who you say, the accusation, well, I know you've claimed that he was blind. Of course, we walked past him every day and we saw him sitting there, but I understand. You claim he was blind. You say he was born blind. Whoop, comes up again, doesn't it? Verse 19. How then does he now see? His parents answered them and said, we know that this is our son. We're sure of that. And that he was born blind. We're absolutely sure of those two things. But by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who, at least they've got the right idea, don't they? Opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age, ask him, he will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. And their fear and their concern was all of their livelihood was connected with that. All of their interaction was connected with that. Their, their whole life was consumed with this, and it could really cause them great, great financial and just total duress. And so they're like, well, we're not really sure exactly what all happened. You talk to him. Therefore, his parents had said, he is of age, ask him. Hey, he'll make his own defense. And so they again called the man who was blind and said to him, give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. They're, they're accusing Jesus of being a sinner, and they're saying, hey, give God the glory. He answered and said, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. I don't know that much about this guy. One thing I do know, one thing that I'm sure of, that though I was blind, now I see. That is so wonderful. I'm not positive about all of your stuff that you're talking about, but one thing I am sure of is that I was blind and now I see. I was lost in my sin and now I'm forgiven is really our statement of the same spiritual context of this thought. This is Pastor Jim. Thanks for listening again today. And we're just so thankful for those of you who tune in and, and uh, are getting something out of these messages from God's Word. And sometimes God really begins to tug on our hearts and He kind of calls us out for a response. And sometimes we want to go and work at something and, and kind of earn our way into things. But, you know, with God, it's just not that way. His Word says, for by grace, that's unmerited love and favor that's been shown to you. That's what that word grace means. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. 
It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God wants you to walk in those good works that he's prepared for your life. He wants you to be a living testament of his goodness and his grace. And he doesn't want you to have to work at or earn salvation, but salvation is a free gift. It's by faith that you can have this everlasting life. Simple prayer of faith. Jesus, I want to ask that you would come into my heart, that you would forgive me of all my sin. I want this free gift of everlasting life. I want to be forgiven. I'm tired of carrying this weight of sin and shame. And I want to ask, Lord, that you would come into my heart and be my personal Lord and Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for that grace that you've shown me. I receive you now into my heart and ask, Lord, that as I walk this life, that you would walk with me and that I would walk in your ways and in the good works, those things that you prepared for me to walk in, that it might glorify you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed and received the Lord into your heart today, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us or another Bible teaching church in your area so you can be encouraged in your new journey. If you'd like more information about Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, simply visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. If you're in the Kansas City area and you'd like to join us for worship, we meet in Overland Park on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. The service times and directions can be found at calvarychapelkc.com. It's been great spending time with you today in God's Word, and we look forward to you joining us again next time on Living Fountains. Jesus, come.